Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Uses Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. And hello everyone, once again we're doing a recording for the Uses Better podcast and today I am joined by the lovely Bella Stevenson and she is from Chargy. So, hi Bella. Hi Dave, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm all good. So I think it's the first one we recorded in the evening, which is always positive. So um, yeah, a bit more relaxed, I think, than try and do it during the day. So it's all good fun. Um, so what are we talking about today? So actually, firstly, I'll get you to introduce yourself, Bella, which is probably the, the correct thing to do. So um, yeah, let, let, let's know who you are and what you do. And, and then, yeah, we'll go from there. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Bella Stevenson. Um, I'm currently a bid manager at Chargey. And we specialise in EV charging infrastructure, uh, particularly on-street charging uh, infrastructure. Um, I've been a bid manager uh, for quite a number of years now. Um, but we were working in bids probably about 15 years uh, in various sectors. Um, so everything from the built environment right through to recruitment, um to writing dentistry bids um so quite varied <laughs> over the last um few years certainly and uh yeah as i mentioned i'm i'm now in this new sector of uh, ev charging which is very exciting cracking i mean I, I love listening to people's bios of where they come from and what industries they worked in because we get some absolute gems and i think writing bids for dentistry is probably one of the ones that's out there is the most sort of um, niche markets in other uh, thought we would do so um yeah it's great so we'll, we'll, we'll have to run a competition on the podcast for um someone's come up with the most niche bid they've ever written so i think you're winning so far with dentistry so uh, <laughs> yeah we'll go with that <laughs> okay so when we when we were talking about what we were going to chat around i mean i think originally we were looking on the topic of um obviously you know you work for you know charging you're an ev supplier or you be charging point supplier sorry Correct that uh, actually correct that one up. Um, and we thought about sort of new technologies and how it's impacted the market. And actually, you, you came to a very valid point the other day where you said that you know there's a new procurement bill that's mm -hmm. running through the houses of Lords. I want to say House of Lords, I'm not sure it's House of Lords, House of Parliament, one of the two. Um, either way, they're reading it 12 times, so yeah, it should be interesting. Um, and it's all that's all about engaging well, the new procurement bill. From what I understand, and look, I'll put it out there now, I'm not an expert. I'm just looking at this from a, a practical point of view. It seems to be all about getting or making it easier for SMEs and VCSEs to actually work better with central government and the public sector. Now, yeah, that's that's all great in practice or in theory. But I'll be interested to see how it translates into practice. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I'll probably spend about five minutes saying what we're going to talk about. But hey, what the hell? It's my podcast. I can do what I like. So do you want to introduce it, Bella? I think it's probably the easiest way of doing it now. And then I'm just going to jump in and, and interrogate you halfway through it. Because obviously, there's seven key points that we've seen on the government website. I think we're just going to talk about a few of those. Not because it'd be boring to go for the whole lot. But so we're looking at the benefits. So the first one that's on the, on the thing is this one about commercial pipelines. So yes. go on, I'll take it, take it away. Absolutely. I should probably caveat this as, as well with <laughs> one expert on the no, list. Not, we're we're, 
but I've never worked on that side of the fence. It's um, public yeah. sector. We can do what we want. We can we can attack them as much as we want because <laughs> you know yeah. they they they've put it out there to be ripped apart or commented on or do this stuff. And hey, you know we, we could be talking absolute rubbish, but hey, it is a perspective, I suppose, in some respects. Of course, and you know, hopefully, if anything, it will encourage um, closer and more collaborative working yes. with departments. So, um, you know, that that's a, a sort of benefit there. Um, but yeah, I've got a real interest in this um, from two perspectives, really. The fact of how it could affect SMEs, because obviously I work for an SME, but also how it could affect, um, you know, industry, newer industries like my my mine, like the EV charging sector, mm. or where things are very sort of uh, focused on sort of, um, how I say this research and development yeah. and newer technologies. Um, so yeah, so we, we've kind of been looking into this. Um, and the, the first point you mentioned there is about the commercial pipelines. And obviously, large uh, contracting authorities will have to publish a pipeline um, 18 months in advance uh, of those opportunities that are worth 2 million or, or above. Um, so this is this is fantastic, I think, for SMEs and um, you know newer technologies because it means that we can really really plan and um, get our, our teams in place um, and also you know create business plans around what's coming down the line, not just what's sort of be caught unawares. Um, oh my goodness, there's a tender. We've got yeah. to respond and, and be quite reactive to it. So um yeah i i think it's it's a positive to be honest um I mean, it, it, it sort of shocked me and i mean honestly i because when i look at um pipelines that are coming out like everywhere else in the bid world you look at the national audit office's pipeline of work coming up which is generally a work of fiction if i'm being realistic about it it's always delayed or pushed back or whatever it is and the one thing that I, I, I read, I mean, I'm reading that sort of on, on the website about you know, the article we both looking at, and it was like, up to now, there's been no legislative requirement to publish a pipeline, which yeah. it absolutely astounded me. I, I thought it was like they had to do it every year. I didn't realise that it was actually up to the individual department to do that. So I think, you know, I think you're right in what you say there. There's going to be a huge benefit for us, you know, SME-wise to actually see what's happening i mean whether they actually hit those timings they put on it isn't probably another matter altogether um and i've no doubt there'll be some slippage in there because there always is slippage in things um (laughs) but yeah but i I think i think like i say it's really good um but yeah it's shocking to be fair it isn't i suppose yeah i mean I think it's, you know, I'm trying to sort of be as positive about it as, as, as I can. And, you know, like I said, I think it's overall, it, it will be um, a right step change um, in the right Huge. direction. Because you can doing your, yeah. uh, your research, not just your, you know, business capability planning, but also the research around those clients um, and what's coming down the line. So, um, you know, better armed, basically making yourself better armed to be able to respond effectively to the tender when it does land. I think not only that. I think if you, you know, if you are a business that is um, new to government and the rest of it, you know, that opportunity to see what's happening coming forward and get yeah. that visibility, I think, is amazing. So, I mean, no, we're going we're to put a big tick next to this one. I think that's, I think, actually, them forcing government departments to show what they're doing. 
and give us that pipeline of work is amazing. I mean, you know, like I said, personally, I always thought it was there. I never realised that it wasn't. So um, you learn something new every day, I suppose. Um, so let's let's just drop it straight on to point two, which is preliminary market engagement. Um, yeah. Go on, what's your take on that one? Well, again, um, it's an interesting area. Um, obviously, I work in a sector where I've, I don't think I've ever seen so many market engagement documents, mm. um, which is fantastic because, you know, it's it's almost like the, uh, the the different councils are particularly are asking for your opinion and they want to engage with you early on. Um, and it's also they're signposting you to what they want um, early, early doors. So yeah. I, again, it's it's really positive. It positive. Um, it also allows us to sort of showcase our strengths in the industry uh, and what we can do, um, and, and and kind of create that open dialogue as well early on, and be able to get feedback um, of of your ideas and your innovation. Um, and I, like I said, I think that's really really important in in changing markets, uh, particularly EV EV charging. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, I would put another big tick against that. And I hope yeah. to see more market engagement documents. I know. I mean, it's, I mean, to be fair, in, in the field that I'm in, we don't see a huge amount of this because it's not, that's not really our bag, I suppose, in some respects. But just reading what they're, they're trying to do, it's interesting because it, it almost says to look, you know, we have a list of people we want to talk to. We'll go to market engagement with them. And it's almost like you've got a closed loop. Um, yes. And actually, if you're not on that list of their favourite friends, are you going to get a look into the pie? And the one thing I, the one part of that that I found is quite interesting is this blank sheet of paper approach where, yes. you know, they're almost saying, no, rather than and you know, this is just interpretation i suppose but for me the way i interpret it is the fact that they're looking at it going you know instead of us going we want to do this 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 what do you think is there a better way of doing it they're going this is what we want to do what do you reckon I yeah mean, absolutely bring your bring your ideas to the table bring yeah. your innovation showcase what you can do and then we'll hopefully take it to the, the next stage yeah. so Which yeah, I, I, I suppose in your field in your industry when we're talking effectively new technology, you know, cutting edge technology, like, you know, EV and I suppose the space industry and, you know, all these, um, you know, startup techs and, and the rest of it. I suppose with those guys, it's, and with you especially, it's very, I suppose it's very difficult to sit there and go, because there isn't like a tried and tested product effectively. No, it's not, you know, you're not building a building that, you know, you've got set rules about actually how we build this or a bridge or a road. You know, a lot of the, the sort of new technologies are exactly that, the new technologies. We don't have a roadmap. We don't have a, a best practice almost, I suppose, of doing yeah, it. Absolutely. I mean, we, um, you know, somebody recently said that it was like building the aircraft as you're flying it. And <laughs> that's quite... Put the, wings, put the wings and the engines on first, though, don't you? Like, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah, crash of course. Make sure you have the basics at least. But yeah, um, yeah. give some wheels. <laughs> we're all learning as we're going along, and like I said before, uh, you know the the market is is changing quite rapidly, and um, with the technology, and I think that that will continue. 
Um, so, you know, the, obviously these procurement departments are probably learning as well as they're going along. Mm. So we're, we're almost learning together, which is, is quite positive, I think. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so uh, let's jump along quickly. And there's a small one, which is the invitation to tender. So go on, what, what, what we're saying here, they're um, basically they want to talk to us quicker, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think that that's uh, the, the general consensus with that one. Um, mm. Yeah, being able to set up those email notifications so you're 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 quickly informed uh, about the opportunity mm. that you'll be um, interested I think in. The real interesting line in that, I think, in the in the in the sort of highlights for it is where they sort of turn and say, Will we publish on a centralized platform? Are they genuinely saying that they're gonna have one platform for everybody? Is I that think... actually even possible? <laughs> Well, I think that's the goal. Um, this whole <laughs> of tell us once and and have that information locker, so yeah. you don't have to continually um, enter your details over and over again on lots of different portals. I mean, I think you know uh, we've got used to being on lots of different procurement portals. You know, over over the years, you know, you you know all of them off by heart, um, and, and you've got a central depository of all that information, but yeah i mean it's it would be fantastic if if that if that is the case if it is just a case of tell us once um and it will just streamline everything and make things a lot more efficient i mean yeah i mean i if i'm being realistic i think that one is a little bit pie in the sky because i think to get every single government department on a centralized platform it's i, I don't see how they're going to do it if I'm being honest, because I think that's just a a massive, massive job. Um, yeah. it, I mean, don't know what it, needs doing. it probably needs doing, but then you get into thinking, well, actually, who pays for it? Because I suppose the, the, the closest thing you've got is the CCS framework site, I think, or CCS yeah. site, I suppose. But then you've got all the NHS ones, you've got all the local council sites, you've got departments in there, you've got you know, quasi, you know, microorganisms that are deciding to pump them and, and do a tender so you know yes whilst it's an environment i suppose to have every single tender published mm -hmm. on one location and i suppose you do with oju to a point um yeah. but is oju still going to be a thing because we're not in europe anymore so yeah not yeah, quite sure that one goes. like how it pans out I how think. it pans out so yeah so i think <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting one because I suppose technically all they do is take the information from Oju and put it in the UK version. But there isn't. But actually, how do you, I don't know. I'm not even. That's just hurting my head just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to ignore that and move on. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's just like uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Um, the fourth point they've got is supplier registration and bidding. You know, um, again, I think this is touching on. Yeah, see, they're contradicting what they said before. If we read that, because in point three they say we're centralized platform, and now they're saying, well, actually, we're going to do one in the in the department that they, you know, you have to sign up separately to each all universities, housing associations, or local authority. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose what the what the right. I think I think I understand this now. It's great because we're talking about it on, on the on the fly and trying to work out what they mean. Um, but I think what they say is the registration 
will you look you register once and it puts in everything which is kind of cute if i can get it to work yeah from your yeah i guess inputting all your details as an organization and it's it's there it's it's stored um but then you know how does it work with um yeah being making sure that you're on every site that you need to be mm, i mean it, it must be a headache for a company like yourself where you might be on 15 different sites so it, now, for example, when you change your insurance at the end of every year, mm -hmm. you know, you have to go through, I mean, how many websites and update that? Yes. I mean, you, you do it sort of case by case because you're obviously you're registered with these portals and you'll get the mm. notification that, you know, your details need to be updated. But then there's also um, the, the expiry on your passwords as well. So you'll need to update those. Um, <laughs> so there could be, yeah, quite a lot of work to do. Um, so if there is a way of them streamlining that and, and making it more, uh, you know, user friendly, then I'm mm. all for it. Yeah. So I think there's a few. I mean, there's a bit more on it than that um, with registration. Um, but I think it's all about removing barriers, mm. which is good because, I mean, I know that, you know, when we've looked at um, some of the public sites, some of the qualification we, we just can't get to it not big enough um or we're not you no know, we're not in that right area for them um so we, you know you're certainly going well actually we've got some really good tales to tell and we've got mm -hmm. some really good stories we can share with, with government but we can't talk to them because we're automatically barred because of some tick boxing that we can't check because we don't have it um which i sort of get for some of the standards but i think there is some stuff on it that's a little bit loose at times and they, they, they i think they make it difficult currently i suppose of course, especially for SMEs, um, you know, if, so for instance, having two years of audited accounts, you know, a, a brand new, a startup might not have mm. that. Um, so, again, it's like you said, it's about removing those barriers so that, you know, uh, startups, SMEs can, can actually engage mm. um, in the procurement process as much as a large organisation can automatically. Yeah, I think I think it's good for some of the smaller companies, costly that you know they want levels of insurance and stuff that you know can be quite expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've got to you know take that out, if you're a small SME, you know you're just doing you know, you're a startup for for example. You now you don't want to take out the hundreds of millions of uh, or millions of insurances anyway when because you don't need to, but you might yeah. have to because just to get on tender that you might not win. So it, I suppose it's a it's an interesting dynamic, but I think the fact they're going to reduce some of that, I think, is good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so we give that. No, we 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 we've gone from you know a negative tick on invitation to a positive tick on supply registration, I suppose, which is good. Um, go on, there's one for you because I know you wanted to talk about this from procurement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think this is going to be a really good one with um, having a competitive flexible procedure. Um, and basically means that, well, from my understanding of it, that the authority, the buying authority can design their own process um, and have a lot more flexibility about what that looks like in terms of procurement. So, um, you know, more, more site visits, um, supplier presentations, uh, variant bids, which will hopefully drive some innovation. Mm. Um, and, and again, it's coming back to this being able to showcase what you can do as a business, and especially if you are in a newer industry. 
um, and the use of funded bids, um, you know, things are, are quite restrictive at the moment in, in terms of um, the procurement process in, in certain areas. Um, so it's just finding that kind of middle ground where, you know, it's obviously, uh, what's the word? I guess not restricted. Um, oh, goodness, I can't think of what the word would be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw, I, I, so I, I was looking at this earlier and when I first looked at it, I was like, not convinced about this because, you know, I see sort of what they're trying to do. Right? I mean, I like the, you know, the funded bit, that's different. Um, and then, you know, they've got some really good stuff about actually, you know, we want to allow them to um, effectively write their own tender, write their own bid, write their own process. The one thing that does worry me slightly about this and i could be could be wrong with this but you know but you know when we're looking at some tenders and when you look at the language in some of the tenders and some of the requirements so you know it's actually have they got the people to be able to do this and that's, that's the bit that i look at going it's a great idea but you know we, we already whinge about every christmas you know people launching out millions of tenders just before christmas with january dates or or you know the break between christmas deadlines if we start allowing you know i suppose let me put it another way if they're going to do this sort of thing they need people on the process who are designing these processes who actually know how to bid yes um again it's a sort of chicken and egg situation where you know you you need you're right you need the right people on the on the job um as it were and you need them to um be flexible but also um you know there needs to be the resource in place to mm. be able to accept these variant bids or all the differences of how things are, are going to be done so um i think you have to almost look at it like a bigger picture that you know if you if you do encourage things like site visits and presentations the bigger picture is is that you're getting more people into into the markets um mm. inviting more entrants into the supply chain um which can only be a good thing really i, I think i think it is right i mean i mean I, I completely agree on that i think actually having a bigger pool of people to fishing mm. you know, having a bigger pool of companies that want to work with you it's absolutely amazing and actually that should stimulate growth you know, yeah in some respects and it does certainly will stimulate um our innovation ideas new technology bringing through across all the sectors i still come back to the point though is that if you're opening this up to wider audience if you're making it easy for people to bid what you actually need to have then is a really strict streamlined process of actually how you are going to put your bids in and when you are going to do a b c d e f g yeah it needs allowing to for sure. yeah and that, this is my point and then allowing government departments to do that we've at and you know let's, i'll apologize for anybody in the civil service and in government but guys you can't do it now um <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably a bit flippant on that one but no we, we, we always you know we look at every tender and there's always slippages there's always which you know, you know it's always it always seems like there isn't anybody from a bid world engaged on the 
on the client side saying to them, look, this is what you want to do, because it's how they, no, it's how they ask the questions. Now, making the questions clearer to we, because if you, if you look at some government tenders, they are incredibly difficult tenders to answer. If we go back five, six years, you had the old great one, the CCS, where, you know, I'm not CCS bashing here at all, but you're the great um, thing where they were saying to explain me a process, by the way, you've got 500 words in which to do this, which yeah. in the okay. most simplest of tasks is ridiculous. You need a bit more than that. You need that flexibility. So I would only hope that whoever's coming up with these plans and who is part of this um, you know, view of actually trying to bring game-changing and exciting change to procurement are actually engaging with the people who have to, who have to actually answer these. Because if they're not, they're going to open a can of worms and they're going to open an absolute, you know, holy hell of problems yeah i think it's um it probably needs to be looked at in a bit more detail but i think there is opportunity there going back to the the collaborative working and the yeah. close working relationships between um bidders or suppliers and um procurement um and again i think that that can only be a positive thing so the same way we see it with um market engagements and what they're trying to achieve there with um you know showcasing your ideas and um really putting your best foot forward and having that open dialogue maybe with this process as well it will be the same or very similar uh, situation where it's encouraging open dialogue um and and getting the process right i mean we, we can but hope but i just it, i mean I, I i do get a real sense of like oh this is really good and then this whole dread of oh my god what we, what's the actual documents going to look like they're going to give us to, have to respond to and obviously now we help clients respond to these things um mm -hmm. and we've seen this this mix of tenders that are incredibly complicated where they're hiding questions in the the just the summary or or the text in the, no rather than saying this is a question and these are the questions you got to answer no they're hiding in now we actually want to see this in your your answer as well um, right the way through to the, the, the real clear information, um, which you generally get from departments that bid a lot more. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I, it just may, it just worry me. It really does worry me. Um, so maybe it needs to be innovation, but with parameters. <laughs> yes, I think, I, I just hope somebody from either the APMP or an organisation or one of the consultants is actually sat with the guys writing this. Because I think mm -hmm. if they don't, they could do some, not damage, but they could really you know, annoy a few people, I think. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I'll get off my hobby horse on that because I've been on it too long. <laughs> Watch your space. Watch your space. Yeah, let's see if we can get it. Uh, so what's the next one? We, oh, we've got two left. There you go. So um, I think number seven, we might have to skim over. Uh, but number six is feedback, which is really good. Really, yes. really good. Um, I mean, I don't know what your take is on feedback. Mine is the fact that, we probably don't ask for it, especially if you win. Um, and we, we probably do. don't get enough of it, I think. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, we we, we see the benefit in asking for feedback, uh, whether you win or, or lose, um, because you want to know what you've done really well and what you've done uh, right and what you can build on, uh, as well as the, um, you know, where, where you can build on the fact that you haven't done so well. Um, 
but yeah at the moment um i find that the feedback is a little bit inconsistent you know some some authorities are fantastic and mm. will give full breakdown of scoring and um some narrative as well about where you can improve um and other times you request it and you just don't hear anything from yeah. them so i think if this encourages um a level of consistency um with being able to obtain the assessment summaries for instance um I, again i think it will be it will be brilliant because it will allow you to improve your responses but it will also allow you to see where you need to um improve and build on within your own organization yeah I, you know i think you know i actually quite like this i mean i think the whole part of these sort of seven points they put on on their website is i think the best thing about it is the fact that they're sat there going actually right we're going to hold our hands up we know we've got problems mm -hmm. which is refreshing i think anybody who, who can sit there and sort of say yeah oh no hands on my head this is this isn't right we've got problems we've got to change it and actually to try and drive change i think it's really good i think everybody does actually be applauded um this one i like uh, i really do like this because you you know yes we've put tenders into companies in, into government departments before we put tenders into into private companies before and you go back to go like, well, why didn't you pick us? Please tell me. I mean, I'm really upset about this. I'm not going to sleep for weeks. So why you pick me? Why didn't you pick me? <laughs> um, and I think you do get this real mix of. You now we've had some really detailed feedback on our proposals. That yeah. you did this right, this right, this right. You weren't really that strong on that one. This is how you could improve it, which has yeah. been amazing. And we got other people who went, yeah, no, sorry, didn't get it um we didn't think you were strong enough and then really give you no detail you go actually we were too expensive weren't we yeah and they, obviously they don't want to say that but that's effectively what they are saying um so i think this is quite good i love this this phrase about um assessment summaries um, yeah I, I like that as well um mm. that's what I'm forward to as sad as it sounds um because i think it will be just useful in understanding the areas we can improve in the future um and and have something you know tangible to to take away from it um and also be able to benchmark ourselves uh with company i think it's good as well yeah i mean i think it's um i think the the real interesting thing about that is it, it's are they gonna you know when you you ask for feedback and you actually won it's the why did you pick us now yeah. why what well, what was good about that I think that's a bit we don't do enough of. Um, what was our USP? What was our our, our winning proposition? Yeah. Uh, what was the key point there that chose you know made you choose us over a competitor? Yes, and I think this is um, you know I, I I just I just like that whole thing. Um, it'd be interesting to see how in depth those assessment summaries are. Yeah. and what they look like i'd love to i'd love to chat with the guys who actually wrote this and yeah, i mean there are obviously um going through this process there there are sort of regular webinars um that the cabinet office are doing mm. that to, to update people as much as possible um so i think this one in particular could be interesting because uh it could be an evolutionary thing as well that yes. it might, might start off with very basic assessment summaries um, and breakdown of scoring and then over the next few few years five years ten years it could involve into full reports 
for um for perspective. I don't know if you need sort of chapter and verse on everything, but I think the bits where you are awake. Actually, that's the first. No, no, you could be right. Actually, it, I, you know, because we don't want to spend, you know, give be given forty page reports back of what was wrong with our bid because I think in some respects, you know, that could be really demoralising to a team. Yeah. <laughs> you missed the full stop of this sentence here. You know, not you know, go stand in the corner and have a word with yourself. Um, <laughs> pages of what you're doing well though that that that's a different oh well story. i mean oh yeah yeah we are on that normally like yeah it's, it's all right. how good are you well this is the 12 page how wonderful you are yeah that's good yeah we like that um so yeah so it'll be interesting to see that i mean what i mean you know if anybody knows anybody on who's listening to this podcast i mean there's probably five of you um who um who knows anybody in public procurement and who's brave enough to come on it i'd love to get somebody on it and um have a proper chat about the guys who wrote this uh to get some information so there's the challenge anybody's listening get me somebody from public procurement and we'll have a chat with them um so the last one on this is contract management which now see this is this is what i don't know a lot about so i'm going to be um i'm not i'm not i'm not sure yeah i can't really comment on it apart from the one thing i love on this from a business point of view is they're saying 30-day payment terms which is good i suppose um if they can mandate that throughout all the contracts that'll mm -hmm. be absolutely amazing because and then day cash flow helps every company survive especially in the current market um absolutely so. yeah like you i'm not i'm not too familiar with this one um we need to do a little bit more digging into it but yeah, yeah I, I guess the the 30-day payment terms will, will only be a positive thing to to yeah. help smes in particular yeah so that's all good coolio all right so that basically um runs us through the seven points i mean the conclusion is quite an easy one it's just saying they're basically they're trying to get you know new entrants on it they're trying to make it maybe or collaborative i suppose it's all it's all positive speak i think it's a good phrase and i think it is you know looking at it from a real holistic view without actually knowing the ins and outs of it because mm -hmm. i'm not an expert but looking at the, the bits where you want to look at it and go, that makes sense. I think it's a real positive step. I really do. I think it's good. Um, yeah. I think anything they're doing to encourage new business is good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And no, I think it's, I think it will be really positive and it's, uh, it'll be exciting to see the changes, the developments, how it grows over the next year or so until it becomes uh, an actual parliamentary act. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, they probably, I mean, what they have to do about 400 readings through the Houses of Lords and Houses of Parliament these days. Probably. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go through it line by line to make sure everything is, is perfect. Quite rightly so. You know, it's, it's a big change and, um, you know, it will hopefully encourage more transparency uh, working with, with suppliers um, and drive sort of innovation and added value. Yeah. I think, I think the, the one good thing about all of the seven points they had in there was not one of them mentioned price yeah there's a no, move from that i think yeah it's all about added value about um csr about um innovation um encouraging smes so i like that i think it's good i think it's gonna be positive i think it, I, i'm gonna keep a positive spin on it i'm gonna think it's really happy and really really good thing um 
I no doubt we'll all be sat here in three years' time going, oh, my God. Um, but, hey, it's all good fun, I suppose. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're here. I mean, let's face it, it was too easy. We'd all be out of a job because anybody could bid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Isabella. I mean, it's nine o'clock on a Thursday night, so I think it's um, nearly my bedtime. I think it's all good yeah. fun. So um, I'm going to wrap it up there. So I would say thank you very, very much for being our guest on this on this one. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Um, if anybody else wants to get involved in our podcast, drop me a note. Um, I'm Dave dot com, or grab me on LinkedIn. You know, if you if you don't see me on LinkedIn, you're not looking hard enough. Cause I'm all over it. So yeah, so feel free to get in touch and then become a guest. If not, I wish you a good night, Bella. And then um, yes, on to the next one. Thanks a lot, guys. See you soon. Thanks. Bye 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 bye. bye. bye.